Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm one of your hosts, Jordana Osband, here with my friend, Chavruta Ann Gordon. Our daf today, Masach Bavakama, daf Samach Vav, page 66. Rab is going to kick off our daf, I mean, it's a little bit midway, a third of the way down of Amad Aleph, with a discussion of when a thief steals something, something can happen to that object and the thief actually acquires it. And there's two ways that this could happen, either through change or through despair. I'm a rabbi. Rabbi says she knew he A change to the stolen um, article affects its acquisition for the thief. Ketiva vitanina. And we see this both. It's written in the Torah and it was also taught in a Mishnah. Ketiva, right? Where was it written in the Torah that if something changes to the stolen article, item that was stolen, the thief actually acquires it? So here they quote a pasuk in Vayikra, chapter 5, verse 23, that says, and he shall return the stolen article that he stole. What does the Torah mean to teach, right, that he stole? It teaches that if this stolen item is as it was when he stole it, then he returns it. But if it is not, damim ba'alma bay shalume. It means that he actually has to pay it. And so I think we need to point out something interesting here. When we say that he acquires the object, it doesn't mean that he doesn't have to pay tashlumim. It doesn't mean that he doesn't have to pay for stealing the object. What it means is he doesn't have to return the object. He has to pay the value of the object, but he doesn't have to return it. Tanina, we also see this taught in a Mishnah. And here we quote a Mishnah uh, that's going to come up in Bavakama. Later on, on Dav Tzadi Gimel in 93, somebody steals wood and makes them into utensils. Or wool and makes them into garments. He does not return the actual item that he stole, but he pays according to the value at the time of the theft. Inami, or, and now they're going to show us another Mishnah, um, and this is a Mishnah in Chulin on Dav Kuf Lamed Hay, 135, Lo he speak no lo ad shitzvao. So here we're talking about a case where uh, somebody has uh, the first of shearings, the first wool, and if the owner of the wool didn't manage to give the rest of the first shearings to the coin, this is something you're supposed to give as a gift to the coin before he died at pator. He doesn't have to give it to the coin; he actually keeps it for himself. Alma shenui kona. So it seems here that from this pasuk in Vayikra and these two mishnas that if you change something that wasn't really yours, right, or if it changes, even if you didn't change it, but we even have that example with the wool, that the person who stole it actually, uh, you know, uh, changed it himself, you actually acquire it, and you don't actually have to return that actual object itself. Now we go into the case of despair, which is called Yeush. Rabba goes on and says, Yeush, when it comes to despair, Amri Rabbanan Dinikne, right? The rabbis say that it affects acquisition, of this stolen article for the thief, okay? And so the idea of yeshes is that after something is stolen, the owner at some point basically despairs that he'll never get it back. And so therefore, the this item is actually acquired by the thief and he doesn't have to return the, article, the item anymore, but he only needs to give the value, only the monetary value. And that's the concept of yeish. Mihulo yadinan. But we do not know, we don't know if this concept of yeush, right, of this type of acquisition through despair is actually biblical law or rabbinic law. So now Rabbi is going to explain two possibilities. How could we say that it's a de'oraita, it's biblical law? 
just as it's true in the case of somebody who finds a lost object, motzi aveda, right? When somebody finds a lost object, lav kevan demayish mara mine mikaime detete lide kanile. Is it not so that once the owner despairs of recovering it, before it came into the person who finds it hand, the finder acquires it? In other words, there is a concept when it comes to lost objects, and this we'll learn when we get to bava mitzia, right? If somebody finds a lost object, and we know that there might have been yeush. In other words, let's say it was fine in a public area and uh, the, the owner, you know, would have not have had any way to have gotten it back, to have gotten that article back. So we would assume that there was yeush, that he, um, that he uh, you know, gave it up. Um, so basically, you know, we say that therefore it, there's yeush and the guy who finds the, the article actually acquires it, Okay. Hi, Nami, so that we could apply this also to the case of a thief as well. Kevin Demayish Marakanile, right? Once the owner despairs of recovering it, then the thief acquires it. Almakani, right? So the owner's Yeush sort of affects acquisition under biblical law. Odilma, or maybe we'll say Lo Veda, we can't compare it to a lost article. Um, oh, sorry, I didn't tell you the Pesukim that this comes from. He doesn't quote the Pasuk, but the Pasuk that this comes from, as a writes, it would be from Devarim, uh, chapter 22, verse 3, where it says, any article that should be lost from him. So the idea here is, is that if he no longer, you know, if he has despair, it's no longer lost from him, and you don't actually have to return it to the owner. You're not, we assume the owner doesn't think he's going to get it back, and so the person who finds it actually acquires it. So that would be the Del Reisa thing, that we, we take what's true with finding an Aveda, a lost object, what we learn from that Pasuk in Devarim, and we say this could also be true with a stolen object. O Dilma, or maybe we'll say Lo Dami La Aveda, we don't compare it to a lost object. Aveda Hu Dechi Ate Lide, for perhaps it's only in the case of a lost article that we have despair, right, that can affect acquisition, where, when the article came into the finder's possession, and it came permissibly into his possession, right? He found it. We know the owner had despair, so he's allowed to keep it. But here in the case of a stolen article, it came into the, you know, the thief's possession illegally, right? Before the owner had any type of yeyush. So it's only by a rabbinic decree that yeyush could affect acquisition in this case. Because the rabbis, why would they make this, you know, why would they say this? That the despair shall affect acquisition because of an enactment they instituted to assist those who want to repent. In other words, what they were worried about is, is that if you didn't have this same rule, then someone who was a thief, right, who's got used to having the object, why would he ever want to repent? This would encourage repentance because at least then he just would have to pay the value of the object, but we wouldn't have to actually return the object itself. So in order to make it easier for people to fess up having stolen, the rabbis made this rabbinic takana. Rav Yosef disagrees with this. For Rav Yosef Amar, yeyush eno kona Despair does not acquire acquisition of a stolen article for a thief, even under rabbinic law. And I think for many of us, that would be like really, really logical. So from here, what's going to happen is, is we're going to, they're going to basically challenge each other. And Anne, I'm going to let you take over from here. We're going to see different challenges back and forth where Rav Yosef challenges Rabbah, Rabbah's going to respond. And the Gemara from here is sort of going to go back and forth, you know, trying to 
examine each one of their opinions and see which one sort of seems to make more sense looking at other sources. Um, but you could see why the rabbis, according to Rabbi, maybe would make this enactment. But you also could see what Rav Ra- Ra- Yosef is saying, right? Like, how could this possibly be true? And he, he quotes it the way he challenges this is, is he actually quotes a Mishnah, um, uh, it, it's a Mishnah that we'll see actually later on in Bavakama. Gaza chametz vavar lava pesach. If somebody steals chametz and then pesach passes over while it was in the thief's possession, Omer lo The thief can say to the owner, "Look, I have property which is yours," and meaning you can take it back, right? Vahai. Now, since this was chametz, kaven demata idan isura. At the time of the chametz prohibition, when pesach came, vaday meyayish. Right, the owner for sure had. Yeish, he for sure knew he was never going to get it back because Pesach came. So if you think that the owner's despair in the case of theft would affect acquisition, right? Then why would he say, this is yours, which is before you? Why would the thief say, say that? Because there should have been Yeish here. So in other words, we, we should just have to give him back money. And we see, no, he can actually return the chametz itself. So we see that he didn't actually acquire it. So Rav Yosef has a pretty strong proof. Uh, and you'll go on and show how Rabbi responds that and some of the other back and forth there. Um, but, you know, two interesting opinions, and you could see why both of them work. Okay, so we're going to jump right into the to these uh, responses, basically, to Rav Yosef's position, right, where... Rav's response to begin with is, he says, First of all, you're talking about a situation, he's responding to Rav Yosef, when he says the Yehush, the despair won't work. That won't work because the person, the thief himself doesn't want to acquire the thing that doesn't have a value, right? The chametz that doesn't have a the Right, the Chamed said, now it's going to be Bezach, it doesn't have a value. As compared to Yeush, and the, the thief does want to acquire the item, that's when Yeush works. Meaning, Yeush despair alone isn't all it takes. There's another component part, namely the interest in the thief to acquire the item that he has stolen to keep it. So now Abai objects to Rabbah. Remember, we had Rabbah at the beginning and then Rava, and now Abai's position, right? Rava and Abai are often argued together, but but Abai's objection now goes back to Rabba. He brings a brighter. What does he say? Karba no. When the there's a verse in Vayikra, chapter one, verse three, right? It says uh, he's bringing a burnt offering, um, and it says specifically his offering, karba no, meaning the karban shalo, his karban, velo hagazul, and not from a stolen animal. So if we want to say that this is talking about a situation where the animal has been stolen and it's going to be sacrificed, right, the, the thief wants to consecrate the animal, sacrifice it prior to the owner's despair of getting it back, well, then what do we need a verse to teach that that's not going to work, right? It should be obvious that that animal is going to be disqualified because, um, you know, you cannot consecrate an animal that doesn't belong to you. So the fact that there's theft is almost incidental because, I mean, it's not incidental. It's how the thief gets the animal. But but the very fact that it's not his own is enough to say that's not going to work until the point that the owner would have yeush the thief wants to consecrate, uh, wants to keep the uh, animal in order to consecrate, and maybe then you would need to teach it. 
So the Gemara goes on to say, no, we're not talking about somebody who wants to consecrate and sacrifice an animal. Um, I'm sorry. The Gemara says, aren't we talking about the case where somebody wants to concentrate, consecrate the animal, sacrifice the animal after Yeush? Shmamina, isn't that the case that we're talking about after Yeush? Yeush Lokani. And the, Gemara, and the Gemara says that the Breta says that the whole point here is that that animal still cannot be consecrated by the by the thief unless you say that the Yeush from the owner, um, you have to conclude that the Yeush by the owner does not cause the thief to acquire it because if it, if he did, if it did, if it worked, then he should be able to sacrifice it, he should be able to consecrate it, right? Meaning that... Um, that rule itself, that the thief, even after Yeush, still can't consecrate the item, the animal in this case, right? It would make sense to say that, well, then Yeush can't be, can't be what works to for him to acquire the item. Amalei Rava, so Rava comes back to Abaye, and he's going to argue against it. So according to that, according to this reasoning that Yeush isn't going to work, then other times, you know, we've got other cases, and he brings specifically a case from Abreita where we've got Azav, and it's, and, you know, his, he's rendered his bedding impure, and the verse there says, you know, anybody who touches his bedding has to wash his clothes, bathe himself, you know, dunk in the mikvah, whatever, and will be impure until the evening. The implication then being that the zav, everything that the zav lies on is going to become impure, and it will give off that impurity. And, but it says mishkavo. So maybe that means his bedding only, and if he were on stolen bedding, the impurity would not be transferred to the bedding, which is not how impurity works, right? Meaning, it's not because he owns it, it's because he's on it. Hechidami, so Rav is right, still going to go on here. Hechidami, ilim gazal amarav avdi mishkav, lokani. So what, what would happen then if we talk, let's go back to that break, do we say he robs another person, he turns it into bedding, he, let's say he robs him of wool, right, that's the, the case, and he makes it into bedding, and now you're going to say that that change in the item uh, isn't that going to be a, an act of acquisition? You're going to say it doesn't become his? Is it, meaning, because we're trying to parallel the situation to Yeush, to the despair, to allow the thief to acquire the item. So rather, you know, look at it this way that we must be talking about a case where the Zav had robbed another person of the bedding. And then in the previous Breitza, when we're talking about a Karban, we're talking about a Karban that was maybe already designated to be consecrated. And so that animal can't atone for the thief because once the animal is consecrated, you also can't steal it for it to become the thief's property, right? Meaning it's going to belong to the Beit HaMikdash, it's going to belong in its consecrated state, the thief has nothing more to do with it. I mean, he may have taken it, but he can't acquire it for it to be an atonement for himself. Rava's thinking here, or what's presented in Rava's name, is very sophisticated. But Abai is going to come back with another objection to Rav Yosef. Abai Yosef. It seems that Abai is on the rampage against the different views. 
אורות של בעל הבית מחשבה מטעמתן, ושל עבדן אין מחשבה מטעמתן, של גנב מחשבה מטעמתן, של גזלן אין מחשבה מטעמתן. So what happens? Abai says as follows, and again he's bringing the objection from a Mishnah this time in Kalim, right? He's talking about hides that belong to the homeowner. They, you know, you think that they could in fact become tame, they could become impure because hides, leather, that kind of thing are capable of becoming impure if they are finished, but not if they are not finished. If they're still in the process of being worked, then they're not going to be, um, they're not eligible for tuma. Um, I... It seems to be a rule, right? It's just like a, a baseline of that which can be rendered tummy. We talked about this with vessels, right? And it's not surprising that this comes from the Mishnah in the Masachet called vessels, right? Something that is unfinished is not yet eligible to become tummy. But if they're working, so the, the Gemara here says, in the case of the leather worker, right, who's not, you know, they belong to the leather worker, And it's not going to make them ein machshava mitamatan. The fact that he's selling leather, you know, and uses leather in his own house, and he's not bothering to complete it, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be um, rendered tame. Like the fact that he is using unfinished leather isn't enough, meaning the, the fact that he's functioning with it being... Um, He's using it even though it hasn't been finished. That's not enough to make it become tummy. But when you're talking about the hides, um, if the hides were those from a thief, right, he stole them from somebody else, and now the thief thought is going to make them impure, meaning because he's decided what he's going to do with them. And then what about the difference between a ganav and a gazlan? We haven't talked about this enough, I think. I know you're Danny, you talked about this a while ago. But the Ganav, right? The ga- Ganav stole the items, these hides from somebody else. That thief's thought makes them susceptible to become impure. But if they were a Gazlan's, then they would not. Why? Because the main difference between a thief, right? We talked about this, that the thief is the one who steals things. Um, in the like in the dead of night, right, with stealth, and the robber, the burglar, right, the difference between the burglar and the robber, the burglar and the thief. The problem is that these English terms we haven't been consistent, um, I think, and it becomes tricky. But the gazlan takes something openly, right, meaning it's you know it's an obvious kind of theft. It's he's not afraid of being caught apparently, or he's not worried about being seen, um, and so then there's no despair, there's no yeush. with a gazlan ever because the owner knows who took the stuff. He might have to go to court. He might have to argue that it really belongs to him. But it's not the same thing as despair of like, what happened to this? And and I'll never get it back. Um, one last point. Rabbi Shimon Omer, he says the opposite. Shal gazlan machshava mitamatan v'shal ganav en machshava mitamatan l'fi shalonit yashu habalim. He says that in the case of the rabber, The, the robber, his thoughts do make the item possible to become impure. Whereas if the hides belong to a thief, the one who does it with stealth, who steals with stealth, um, that doesn't make them um, susceptible to impurity because, again, because the question is, at what point does Yeush kick in? And the thief, you know, doesn't acquire that hide, those hides, until there is, in fact, Yehush. So the rationale of Rabbi Shimon is that the robber who steals things more openly, 
is a harder is harder to catch him, and therefore, you know, you might end up with the owners having Yeush if the things if the items were stolen in an open manner because they know it's so hard to to get the stuff back. Let's say so. What we have here is again Abaye is pushing back at the idea um, to what extent this Yeush is going to have any effect. And Rava, and going back to the opinion of Rav Yosef, they say, no, no, it, it can have effect. And here there's limitations on when it will kick in. But for the most part, we understand that Yeush does have impact on the potential ownership by a thief of that which he has stolen. Mm-hmm.